Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Alana Zivkovich is a certified executive coach and the CEO of Work, and that is spelled W-E-R-Q, an organization designed to help clients build great teams and achieve exceptional business outcomes. In addition to being a certified executive coach, Alana is a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in social work from the University of Texas in Austin, a licensed chemical dependency counselor, and a certified Daring Way facilitator. Alana is also an experienced executive with a proven track record of building cultures that deliver and grow successful businesses. Hello, Alana. Hello, Ed. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here today. So I told folks a little bit about you, and I'm wondering if you could share maybe a little bit more about your background, but more specifically, what you're doing today to really interact in the marketplace. Um, Sure. Uh, You know, those bios always sound so stale when you hear them about yourself. (laughs) So my background is in behavioral health, but I I came up as a leader through those organizations and very short version leading any organization, but certainly in the field that I was in, it became evident very quickly that if we wanted to support outcomes for our customers, which in that case was clients trying to get well, Mm -hmm. the only sustainable way to do that was to really support the staff. And what that translated into was setting and executing strategy, you know, cross-departmental communication, leadership presence for our leaders and succession planning and change management and all of this stuff that I now do uh, as an executive coach and as the leader of our team of executive coaches at my firm. So the way we interact with the marketplace, we work with uh, C-suite leaders and their immediate teams, helping them do better and be better. both set and execute strategy and show up in a way that really forwards their interests and the interests of their business. Well, in the world of uh, strategy and presence and change management, uh, hopefully we'll talk about it today, but there have to be thousands of examples of bravery in the workplace, bravery about making change, bravery about being present in ways that you haven't been before, bravery in suggesting or recommending strategy, especially if the strategy is not consistent with past practice, you know, all those types of things. Yes. Fantastic. And I I do want to point out to our listeners that Alana is the first guest we've ever had on our podcast who's actually on a treadmill desk. So she's (laughs) actually walking as she's talking. And I love it. 
<laughs> and that's my strongest endorsement. If you don't want to look near my company up, look up a treadmill desk. It'll change your life, especially if you're someone that has to, you know, do a job where you're sitting a fair amount. It'll change your life. So give it a shot. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's it's I think a great, great exercise. I'll have to check one out. So when you think about the work that you're doing now in leadership coaching and helping organizations execute on strategy and change management, you know, I'm just wondering. Do you get hired to help people be braver or do you find it's more of a byproduct of some of the outcomes and solutions that you recommend to them that it requires them to do things maybe in ways that are different than they've done them before? Yeah, it's a great question. I would actually say that we get hired by people who are already evidencing bravery by picking up the phone to call us because in order to hire a coach, um, which by the way, any Olympic gold medalist LeBron James, the best in the world at whatever they do, they didn't just like roll out that way and, you know, accidentally become awesome. They worked their butts off with usually the best coaches in the world for a long time. Um, but that being said, there still can be that scary moment of making that call to go, hey, I'm already successful, but I'm hoping that we can chat about some barriers that I'm having, some things that I want to work on improving, some things that I want to accomplish that I don't quite know how to do. That initial call already takes bravery. And um, so I experience the folks that we work with, they're already evidencing it just by the nature of the work. And then yes, to your point, a lot of what we're helping them do does call on them to be brave all the time, raise their hand with a new idea, confront a partner on some dysfunctional behavior, you know, acknowledge in themselves a behavior that's not serving them or the needs of their team or their company. Um, it, it takes a lot of courage to do all that work. Well, and I love that example because in my practice as well, I think the activity of picking up the phone and recognizing that you might need some type of external observations of how you're operating and how people are experiencing you does take bravery because a lot of people either don't think they need help or don't think anyone can help them or don't even think about it, right? And so they're operating the way they operate and in many ways it's not working and they don't either have the thought or the courage to pick up the phone and even explore talking to somebody. You don't even have to hire okay. you, but they could at least talk with you a little bit to say, you know, is this something you can help me with? How would you help me? And is this something I'd be comfortable with? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. We think about bravery. You think about like a soldier or in a work context, you think about um, asserting yourself with a with a CEO and like standing up for the good and, and whatever. Those are good examples of bravery. But I think what you're hitting on for a lot of people is actually where the bigger struggle is. It's that vulnerability that requires bravery when we have to ask for help. Um, and, you know, if my husband were here having this conversation with us, he'd say, yeah, you should practice what you preach more at home. I'm really good at it in the work context. But the other night, as an example, I was rubbing my neck. Um, I'm very, very pregnant right now. And I was rubbing my neck. My back's bothering me. And he looked at me and he's like, is your neck hurting? And I take my hands away. I kind of look guilty. And I start to say no. <laughs> I look at my husband. And I say, "Yeah, it is." And he says, "Can I rub it for you?" And I said, "Oh, sure." You know, but even that for me, that's actually a bravery growth edge. Is just acknowledging when I'm struggling and asking for that kind of tender help that can be challenging for some of us. It is challenging, and it's always interesting, especially the higher people are in organizations. Right. There's almost an inverse relationship that the higher they are, the less likely they either will accept or be open to coaching, because I think culturally people believe that if you're the CEO or president of an organization, you know, you're close to perfect, you know, everything that's going on and you know, every behavior and so forth and so on. And how could somebody like that need help? And so the person believes 
how could somebody like me need help? Because, you know, I didn't get here accidentally, like right. LeBron James and others, you know, it took practice and hard work to get there. Right. And so it, it is interestingly, very hard to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm the person that others come to for help and answers and guidance and direction, then is it okay if I sometimes need those things too? And if I do need those things, who the heck do I go to? <laughs> you know, I can't go to the frontline worker to ask about what the right strategic direction is. So how, where do I even go? Um, right. That can be a challenge. Yeah, it's the, uh, the, you know, the top of the pyramid, right? That they don't have someone they can talk to because they don't want to present themselves in ways that might influence the company negatively. There are of there are, of course, organizations that bring CEOs together and talk confidentially about what they're experiencing or how to implement an idea. But, you know, unless you pick up the phone and explore it and call it, you're uh, less likely to do that. So when you think about bravery in the workplace, Alana, what words or phrases might you think of? I have a favorite quote that I'd love to share with you and your audience. Um, Please. And I think about this in organizational context and in personal context. It's from my mother, whose name was Robin, like the bird. And uh, the quote is, the bird does not fear the branch breaking beneath her feet, for she trusts her wings. I'll say it once more. The bird does not fear the branch breaking beneath her feet, for she trusts her wings. Translate it to a male bird if you choose, or a they if you want. Um, But what I love about this quote is it, to me, really signifies the essence of bravery, which is, life is coming at us. You know, things are going to happen. The branch is going to break things that we think that we can predict and things that we very much can't. And bravery helps inform courage, helps inform when those things happen, not if, but when, when I have that face down moment, I'm going to be okay if I can trust my wings. Bravery is sort of the how to trusting those wings. Sometimes trusting those wings means I'm going to just persevere. Sometimes it means I'm going to adopt a new strategy. Sometimes it means I'm going to ask for help to our earlier context. It's not an ego thing, but I'm going to be able to figure this out. Bravery is the how that we get to figure it out and keep moving forward. And it's the same for business. You know, if my team and I try to implement a new program and it just flops and no one buys it and no one cares, that's okay because we can trust our wings, learn from that and move forward. Well, I love that metaphor. And as I can apply it to workplaces, because for our listeners, we need them to think about, does this apply to me? And how can I take action? If it does, I could say that uh, the bird might be the CEO or president, the branch is their team, and we're doing things. And I fully trust my team. So we're going to do it because I know I can trust them because they have the wings. If a CEO or president doesn't feel that way, if they are the owner of everything because they don't trust anyone else to do anything or don't feel that if a branch broke, the team can handle it, that's where you might want to improve the team uh, qualities, behaviors, capabilities, et cetera, because you should be somebody as a president or CEO who can trust that if a branch breaks, the team can handle it. Absolutely. It's how we grow. Um, and the second word that would come to mind to answer that question for you, if I could sum it up in one word, the word is anti-fragility. Look it up. If you haven't seen it before, but a, a brief definition. You know, we think about resilience as like this ability to survive and like make it through adverse events. But actually, oftentimes those adverse events, whatever the challenge is, they're actually the catalyst. They are the thing that makes us stronger and better. Anti-fragility is a term that sums that up, that says certain systems under pressure and when experiencing challenge, they don't just survive, they thrive, they get better. 
Um, a pragmatic example would be if you've ever gone to the gym and lifted a weight that was just really heavy and it hurts. It's because you're tearing your muscle, but you're doing it. You're exposing your muscle to that adverse event, that tear, because it's going to make it stronger. And the reason I bring this up in the context of bravery is we have so many things that we do at the workplace to avoid potential downfalls of various sort, avoid adversity. We don't apply for the promotion. We don't raise our hand in a meeting. Um, you know, we don't disagree with a colleague and a solution. We, we just, we keep ourselves really small oftentimes because that fear of failure um, or, you know, face down moments is so big. And really it's in those failures, if they come quote unquote failures, that we would actually have the opportunity to learn the most, to grow the most. And so I bring up anti-fragility in the context of bravery, because when we try to avoid those things, we, we, we really lose our ability to grow and be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. So I, I encourage people to remember that. Well, I love that word anti-fragility. And I think that is one of the challenges of bravery in the workplace, because I think people have a tendency, and I'm not a statistician, so I don't know what percentage this is, but I think it's fairly prevalent that people avoid right? They don't see it as an opportunity to grow and stretch that muscle even painfully. And they're like, wow, that's going to be hard, or that's not going to go over well, let's not do it. And they avoid and delay and never take that action. And hence, organizations don't grow, because nobody on the team kind of wants to be a little risk focused and take those difficult type steps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I love both of those. A lot of our guests, uh, Alana, also have a bravery story. They have shared an experience they have had of something they've done that required, amongst many emotions, bravery or something they didn't do that they look back with regret and say, gee, I wish I had done X or said Y. Is there a story that you'd love to share today? Um, there are many, but I'll pick one. <laughs> All we need is one. <laughs> This one starts with me in a great learning opportunity moment, you know, a little bit of a face down. I was um, running a division for a company. I was very young. And it was the type of job that people work for their whole careers. And once you get there, you're supposed to be grateful. Um, I was probably putting in around 70-ish, 75 hours a week. I was in my car two and a half hours a day. I was on call 24-7, 365. And needless to say, a couple of years in, I was as burnt out as I have ever been and as I hope I ever am again and had tried different strategies to handle it and just at the end of the day was you know half dead <laughs> I was a very wilted flower and it got to such a point where I realized I really needed to stop I couldn't keep living that way and I couldn't see a way out of having it be that circumstance given the nature of the job and so my bravery moment was without anything else lined up because Lord knows I didn't have time to look for another job at 70 plus hours a week um, without having anything else lined up, feeling very guilty about it um, because I felt like I should be more grateful for what I saw as golden handcuffs of this, you know, exalted role at a young age. I tendered my resignation and um, kind of waved my white flag at myself and said, I, I have to admit, I can't do this. I'm not up for it. There are people that are. I'm not. Did you have another did you have another job lined up or did you kind of quit cold turkey? I quit. Well, I mean, I gave them notice. I did the right, right. ethical thing, but I didn't have anything lined up. And before my last day, I had multiple offers, as it turned out, for things that all seemed like the ideal future for me. Um, but I didn't know that the day that I resigned. So it was a huge bravery moment for me to both acknowledge my own uh not weakness, that's not the right word, but my my lack of ability to fulfill what the job needed um, 
as well as to just wave that white flag and say, you know what, I'm going to trust my wings in this case. And I'm going to go out there with no plan and trust that something's going to happen. Even if I end up, you know, slinging coffee at Starbucks, I really like coffee. So that'll be okay <laughs> for a little bit. You know? <laughs> so it took bravery. So did, was there an event that happened at that job that put you kind of over the edge? Oftentimes, some of our guests have said that bravery happens when the need to say something exceeds the need not to. And in the past, the need not to exceeded the, the need to say something. So it was more important or more relevant that you didn't say something. And then at some point, something happened and it's like, all right, that's it. Now I need to say this or do this because now saying something is more important than not. And I'm just curious in that story you just shared, uh, did it just get to a point where now leaving became the more obvious choice than staying or you know, what happened? That's interesting. There was some precipitating events and they were actually around uh, really owning my voice, saying some of those hard things, advocating for plans that, you know, to me and who knows, I'm just me, seemed very strategic, well thought out and, and in the best interest of the company and being really shot down pretty hard. Um, it was in those experiences that were actually stemmed in bravery, being willing to speak up and having the reception that I did that I went, okay, like I got to stop pushing this river, you know, I, a span of control, what's inside of my control, what's outside of my control. I'm not going to change this system. I need to find a new system. Yeah. Wow. Well, congrats. Congratulations. And it clearly worked out, even though uh, it took a day or so. I'm kidding, but I know you found some new opportunities that may have worked out. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And it's been great speaking with you today. I'm just wondering if any of our listeners would love to get in touch with you or your organization. How could they do that? Yes. So um, our website is workpeople.com. That's spelled W-E-R-Q-P-E-O-P-L-E. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter um, or me personally, Alana Zivkovich on LinkedIn um, and all of our additional contact info is on that website as well. Great. And so why is the name of your company spelled W-E-R-Q? Because it's so darn cute and adorable and <laughs> we in a lot of ways and go, you know, you better work it. Um, there's, it's not an acronym, but uh, it's, it's served us well. Oh, terrific. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Ed. It's been a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.